Okay. Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Christopher. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Okay. Right. So I have Ryan back with me again this week and John LaRuffa. Welcome to Board Again Games, where we talk about everything related to tabletop gaming. In this episode, we interview our guest, John LaRuffa, Season 1, Episode 2, Solo Gaming. And we're just going to start by letting John introduce himself and tell us what he's playing uh, right now, what he's been up to with games. Yeah, so thanks again, Christopher and Ryan, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, the uh, facts about me is that I've been playing games for almost 20 years, um, European-style games, etc. cetera. Uh, so lately, over the past maybe seven, eight, nine years, I've done a lot more solo playing, but uh, also still play the multiplayer scene with people. Uh, when I get together, obviously with COVID going around, that really has not uh, been possible. But um, many of my kids, uh, I've got four kids, my wife, they uh, like to play too. Uh, I've got two really good gamers. My two younger kids still really love to play. So when I'm not playing solo games, I'm usually playing with them. Um, but uh, yeah, that's about the size of it. Cool. Um, I'm going to ask one question, then I'm going to let Ryan take over. I, I see behind you. I put Ryan on, on the, the, the spot last week, but I'm going to put you on the spot now. I see behind you Fallout. Um, yeah. <laughs> usually I, I think of you as having an impeccable taste in games. That is a very controversial game right there. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think of that one? So, yeah, I got to give it a sigh there because obviously, I mean, I've, I played it once with uh, my daughter, uh, where yeah. we played the co-op scenario in the expansion. And okay. then I played it alone solo. And I got to say that as much as I love Fallout, that game is a little bit of a letdown. However, I am still hopeful that somehow they will resurrect it, which is why I haven't sold it. And there is a Fallout expansion coming out pretty soon. Um, I think it's something in California. I can't remember the specific name. But I do like playing it. I do like the Fallout universe. I even bought the, you know, Fallout Shelter game recently, yeah. and that's actually a lot of fun. There yeah, should not be any controversy about that one. No, um, no, yeah. But, is, you know, I just think it's fun to uh, – what's that? I'm sorry, Ryan. Is the controversy for Fallout just that it's kind of well, – Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess maybe not controversy. I think there was a lot of disappointment about that game. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are in the same boat as John is that they love the video games and the universe and some of the other stuff that came out. And then that game came out and it was just kind of, eh. <laughs> you know, the problem, the, my opinion is the, it's about the end game that kind of breaks down, you know, I mean, the, a lot of the game mechanics are actually a lot of fun. It's fun to explore. It's fun to gear up. It's fun to, you know, get chain quests and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, the way that you have to uh, kind of finish the game and things that kind of count for victory and such, they can be a little off-putting. So I think they did a better job with changing some of the rules in that expansion that they released. But, um, you know, it's one that you play a little bit and you put on the shelf for a couple months. You break it back out, you put it back on the shelf. That's the way I, I look at it. I wouldn't play it you know, over and over again, back to back, I think it would, it would lose its luster. I, I kind of like the, uh, the novelty of playing that game every now and then. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan, um, I'm going to let you lead with the next question there. Let me uh, check my notes. <laughs> yep. So uh, John, how did, how did you get into board games? 
So the beginnings for me happened in 2000, summer of 2000. So I was um, just getting out of my freshman year in college. And one of my buddies called me up and said, hey, my friend's got this game. It's called Settlers of Catan. And this is in 2000, right? So this is a long time. I mean, at that point, it wasn't in any stores. It was probably the first or second edition. Um, so I went over there to try it in summer. It was, one, it was the first time I played a game that hadn't been the usual stuff that everybody thinks of. And I was blown away, right? It was like, let's play this right now, right again. So we played it a couple times in a row, you know, and we, he also had Axis and Allies set up. And I'm like, I, I know Axis and Allies is fine, but you want to play one more time? Settle? I mean, so I was really hooked with it. So I ended up buying it. And, um, you know, then later on that year, when I started dating my wife, um, we started, we brought that game. I taught her the game. I brought it to um, her, her family, her sisters. And we just started playing that all the time. It was like the, you know, we get together, we play some settlers. That's what we do. And, and at that time, Cities and Nights had just come out or right. come out right around that time. So I picked that expansion up. Seafarers was there as well. So we used to have these big, you know, sprawling tables full of settlers. And then after a couple of years, it kind of lost its luster like anything. We had probably played it a hundred plus times. Yeah. I uh, moved away, went to New Mexico. And when I was in the Air Force, I was telling some of my friends that were, um, you know, down there about this Settlers game. Like, oh yeah, I play Settlers. Hey, you know, it's a really interesting game that I've heard a lot about is Puerto Rico. So uh -huh. I bought Puerto Rico in 2005 <laughs> for my wife for Christmas. And 2006 was like the year of Puerto Rico. Not only did I immediately fall in love with it, but I brought it to, to uh, the people I was in the Air Force with. And um, we ended up taking that and one other game to Australia for like a long, it's called the TDY, but a long, you know, testing mission for two weeks. And we did, in our spare time, we just ground out games of Puerto Rico over and over and over again. And then we got back, we were kind of looking at each other one day and like, hey, you guys feel like playing some Puerto Rico a little more often? So we ended up starting to play before work, at lunch, and after work, just playing. And so we had, you know, a group of probably 20 people who knew the game, would play. We kept stat. It was just, it was off the hook. And after that, I started getting into more games. I found Board Game Geek. So 2006 was like the, the year that it all kind of started to build. Um, and, you know, you think about those days, there was not a, I mean, there was ne nowhere near the variety that there are now. They didn't I, I, release. Yeah. I love that you just referred to playing Puerto Rico three or four times a day as off the hook. Yeah. Well, it was. Keep going. I mean, that's crazy. I'm jealous. I mean, I, honestly, we would get up in the morning. I'd get up at six o'clock, go into work. We'd set yeah. it up. We'd play before, before a game, before, um, and these are like, you know, when we got good at it, you could play a five-man game in 35 to 45 minutes. We'd set the thing up, play it, take it down, 45 minutes, work, have a game at lunch, and then come over to my house for a few beers after work and play it again. And we'd do that four or five times in a week. It was insane how much we played. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you, uh, you, know, you really find something that everybody likes. And, and that game, too, has some serious legs. In, in fact, even mm -hmm. with COVID, I started teaching that to people remotely, friends that had played it way back in the day, but they were out of towners. And now we've got a regular Wednesday Puerto Rico game on Board Game Arena because it's so good. You know, even 
15 years later, I still play that. I still have that game of the one, the, you know, many that uh, I have down here. I've sold a lot of games over my time, but that one stays in the collection for sure. Is it the nope. same copy? Same copy. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, the that, we have the first expansion in there, the one with the buildings. So you have, um, you know, the ability to do the draft with the random buildings. I don't have the one with the nobles and such. That came out much later, and I had kind of missed that um, and lost the Puerto Rico bug for a while. Uh, but, yeah, that copy has some mileage on it. <laughs> the box was, like, split in my luggage when I came back from uh, Australia. So it was, you know, it immediately had some, had some uh, serious – serious love put into it yeah so um so i mean i mean is your reason for not upgrading uh is it nostalgic and just all the love that's in that game yeah i mean here's one of the things i uh. it, it you you would not know it by the games behind me but i'm usually pretty stingy with like you know spending money on things that i already have so i would not upgrade the components just upgrade them also um you know, for a long time when the upgrades came out and the new yeah. version and everything else, I wasn't playing it, right? It was it was a fond memory, but, you know, we'd only play it once or twice a year, maybe with family members who had picked it up during the time or whatever. But, you know, it was never coming to game nights. And it, because I kind of played it enough, yeah. it, besides Android Netrunner, I've probably played Puerto Rico more than any other game, um, you know, period. And it's got to be 250 plus games at least. Shoot, this year I probably put in almost 50 games just because of the COVID uh, pandemic. Wow. Yeah. So. I, re I realized that's the first game that we played together. And now that you mentioned Android Netrunner, is we played Destiny together out of the box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I used to play when we did uh, our, our weekly nights, and then you showed up to one randomly, and you yeah. were so frustrated. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, think you're, I think you were expecting it to go like uh, Netrunner. Um, but I'll let, I'll let Ryan follow up if he has a question there because we uh, mentioned last week that's one of the things that Ryan used to do uh, competitively is play Netrunner. Oh, um, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, yeah, I loved, 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 loved Netrunner so much. Yes. Uh, it's I, the, the bluffing. Who was your, your big identity that you ran? Oh, the problem I had was I was always changing it up. So – I play a deck, I play it once or twice, and I actually played a lot, um, oh, for pity's sake, was the Octagon. Remember that? Uh, I don't oh, know. That was the online. Yeah. yeah. Even though I bought all the cards and had them, I, pl I played 80% of my games on the Octagon. So I would build the deck physically and then have it here and then, okay, and then upload it, yeah. you know, do, use the deck builders and such. Um, but honestly, I would say that, for my favorite, I think, were the, um, from a runner standpoint, were probably the Anarch. Those were the red ones, right? It's yeah. been so long. That's... And then from a corporation standpoint, uh, probably Gentechi. You know, I never could get some. Actually, I take that back. I had a love-hate relationship with Wayland because I love to build Wayland decks. And I think they were just far too predictable. And they never worked out. So Gentechi was better. It was a little bit trickier. Um and I could never get an NBN deck to work for me ever. I tried, I failed, I tried, I failed. So, and then the, the House Byroid was just, um, it was fine, but it was all, it was yeah. all a little bit too straightforward. 
but I played all the way until they decided to retire some of the first cycle. And then I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they lost their license shortly after that. So I still have all the content that was part of the original release. I don't know what I'm holding on to it for. I haven't played it in years, but uh, I've heard I'd some love to play it again. Still play. I have yeah. a buddy that, that bought a, a set that I used to play with pretty aggressively, and he uh, and he's trying to get back into it. I, I stopped playing after the second big box, but I ran okay. Noise and Jintek. Yeah. So, yeah. And I ran – those are my two favorites, mm-hmm. except for um, – yeah. And NBN um, – Side story, I ran NBN once with a tag punishment deck, um, mm-hmm. but it didn't have any tag punishment. So <laughs> people would just get stressed and get rid of the tags, and I uh, I got, like, top eight in uh, national with that. Wow. Deck, regional. Nice. Because nobody, nobody knew. That's great. That's funny. Because, yeah, exactly. They're waiting for the, the shoe to drop, and it never does. They're yeah. just blowing their turns, and, yeah. <laughs> nope, haven't cool. drawn it yet. And that's why Netrunner's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. All the bluffing was. I, I was so sad that they never made an app. Of all the things they put together, and I know why they don't, but it's too bad because if there was an app out there that I could play, or even like one that you could play online that's just better than some of these online portals, I'd still probably be playing it. I love that game. Beautiful game. Yeah. Would you teach your kids on Netrunner? I've tried a couple of times. Yeah. And the bluffing aspect is such now my kids learn just about anything right they've learned yeah. feast for odin they've learned smartphone they've yeah. learned geez i have the things that netrunner it was just too much for them to be like wait a minute okay i got all this stuff i'm trying to do it but it, it was it's got such a high learning curve even when i'm trying to like walk them through it because so much of the information is hidden no matter which role they played and then they'd be like oh man i wish i was playing the runner then they play the runner and then just get you know iced out and be like wait a minute so it never clicked and it was so it was it was so sad i was i had this vision that someday me and my you know children would be playing that as a regular (laughs) thing in building decks and they just they like deck builders but not that one so i'll give them a couple more years and try it again yeah Um, for those watching or listening that have never played netrunner will you guys give like just a brief overview of it because we just did a lot of nerd talk that oh yeah <laughs> then no that it's, somebody isn't playing because it's not a current game and like you say there's no app for it or anything so um, it's a living card game put out by fantasy flight game based off of uh, the original richard garfield game yep. um that had what well, was rectangular cards back in the day yeah but yeah, it's asymmetrical. Yeah. John, pick it up. You got it. Very, very asymmetrical. One side plays the runner, and the runner's job is to try to get into the corporation through hacking and through busting through these firewalls called ICE. And then they would try to expose the agendas of the evil corporation, right? And if you could expose enough of them, then it, they would win. The, the um, corporation would try to defeat their attempts and either kill them outright through damage like net damage or brain damage just two different ways to put damage on them or advance their agendas enough to you know have enough corruption to basically i don't know how thematically get what they wanted and the the runner wouldn't stop them the best part of the whole game is the bluffing aspect because as the as the corporation you have a lot of face down cards a lot of hidden information and the runner has to take lots of risks 
to try to see if they're going to get through. Um, and so it's quite thematic in that way. But the only thing that's tough about it is it's got a heck of a learning curve. And because the cards, there's so many, it's really tough to get into. Mm-hmm. Just really tough. So it's still good. Very good. Yeah, and unfortunately, the, not a solo game. <laughs> yeah. All the, all the points to be scored are in the, the, one, in the, the corporation's deck. So right. the corporation has, like, all the power, it feels like, but they also have all of the weaknesses. All the vulnerability. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So really really just amazing asymmetrical game design. A lot of fun to play. Yes. I miss it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so what, what are you playing right now, John? What, so from a, a – the thing is I usually play – um, kind of a variety of stuff. It always cycles, right? Um, yeah. So right now, recently, I've been playing a lot of uh, um, Takanu, The Obelisk of the Sun, which is a brand new one. That yep. is a great game. It's great solo. I've only played it solo. The bot that you use, the, uh, uh, I can't remember what it is, the Takanu bot, he is very easy to run. And uh, so that's a really fun game. Um, spent time doing that. Played a lot of Smartphone Inc. with my kids. And they actually got my wife and my oldest son to play. I kind of tricked him into it a little bit, saying, hey, this is about smartphones, build a smartphone empire. And, of course, he's Mr. Electronics. He's like, okay, fine, I'll try it out. And he actually won the game, enjoyed it. It's like, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, I'm just fine. So it's just whatever. That's what happens. And then also online, you know, Russian Railroads, I started playing that again, just a blast from the past. Um, You have a copy of it? I do. I have a copy over here. And uh, on the um, that is, uh, so in the physical version, I have the, the German railroads and the American railroads. Unfortunately, um, you know, online in Board Game Arena, it's just the regular. But uh, yeah. it's been a lot of fun just to get that back out and churn through some games. Yeah. How, how long have you had your copy? Since the beginning, I actually bought oh, okay. So okay. I got lucky. That was one of the years that for my for my company, I was traveling in Germany at the same time Essen was happening. So I went to Essen in 2013, just happenstance, right? And uh, bought a copy right there that day that was on my list. I'm like, I got to get that. I got to get Caverna. Um, there was a couple other ones, but uh, those were, you know, I rushing right in there to try to get my copy of those. And um, so that was really a lot of, I was, and it's still, it's a great game. One of my favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people love that game. That's that's another one that has has become a holy grail for some people. Um, yeah, it's tough to find now, right? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I think it's going for like two fifty now, which is kind of ridiculous. But yeah, it's not that good. No, <laughs> it's. Not. I mean, it's good, but it's not that good. No. Um, so, so yeah. Anyway. Um, are, okay, so your, your kids played. Did all your kids play smartphone? Because that's a fairly heavy game. Um, well, so my two younger ones, my nine-year-old and my twelve-year-old, just turned twelve. They were playing, and they so they're. When you have a dad like me, you get into games early, right? So even though the games can be a little bit heavier, um, you know they'll still learn it and stick with it and and do really well. So the first game we played, um. You know, my, my oldest and my two youngest played. And then the second game, my wife and my youngest, and then my, uh, um, my, uh, my youngest daughter played. So, yeah, there, the thing about that game is, is that you're doing – it's like Power Grid in a way where you're doing the same s- steps in the turn right? Yeah. over and over. 
And so it's like, okay, I see what I want to do. I see how that round didn't go the way I wanted. This is what I'm doing next time. I'm going to yeah. cut my price. I'm going to, I'm going to expand here. So they've been quite competitive. My, my uh, daughter won against my wife and I uh, put up, I think it was like 279. So that was quite a good score for, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what is a maximum score, but that beat me by about 40 points. So yeah. she was, uh, she had a smirk on her face when she knew what she had in the bag. It was ridiculous. I'm like, I think you're going to win. She's like, I know I'm going to win. This is my time. I've been beaten twice before and this is it. So <laughs> they have enjoyed it. We, we put up, we, uh, combined the expansion in there last time to flavor it up a little bit. And mm -hmm. yep. that, uh, that wasn't really too much extra complexity, but we enjoyed it. So it's a good one. Definitely recommend the solo was easy to do too. Very easy. I, not easy to win. Steve bot is, uh, he's very overpowered. And so, but that's okay because he's predictable. So you know what he's going to do, but he's also very effective in doing it. Um, makes for a good solo experience. Man, I, I'm just going to imagine uh, it's, it's kind of terrible now that like, there's this digital version of Steve jobs now and, oh yeah yeah and, and he's a ghost but somehow he programmed his consciousness and his name <laughs> he bought <laughs> well have you seen the little player figure it's this little black figure with these hollowed out eyes so it has this weird oh, look to it um <laughs> quite quite a you know can you tell it's, it's uncanny people with a turtleneck Is no well he <laughs> no i think it's just a black piece like okay. uh plastic but no turtleneck just you can tell that it was uh you know it's it's model after the powerhouse that is apple yeah from that standpoint yeah. were you gonna ask something ryan nope nope i'm just listening and enjoying okay so i i mean i think that's a good segue to um i mean what is the difference between a, a solo game and a puzzle how do you demarcate that is there really a difference between it being a puzzle and you know just doing a sudoku and being a yeah game? how would you define that well, I mean, I think that they, they blend together in some ways. So if you have co-op games, a lot of times co-op games can be played solo, and those are essentially puzzles to be solved with some sort of timer, right? Yeah. Timer of cards, timer of bad things happening, whatever. But it's, it's basically a race against the clock style puzzle. And so you get a lot of that. But then you get games where it's not very puzzly. It's they've done a good job, like, for instance, uh, Tekanu, like I mentioned, that does not have a puzzle aspect because you're playing against a an automa or an automaton or an automa, however you want to look at it, AI um, that takes turns that simulates another player, takes some of the complexity out. And so that to, we, to me, that's just like playing a game yeah. with uh, an artificial opponent. Yeah. And so I like those, too. I like I like both sides. Sometimes yeah. I want to solve puzzles. And so, you know, the best of the solved puzzles is probably the search for Planet X. I was just playing that tonight, actually, before oh, this. Yeah. Um, great game. Great game solo. Has a great app. It's 100% it's puzzle, right? The whole thing is a deductive kind of thing, and it's, I love it. I, I really think it's really, really fun. But sometimes I don't feel like solving a puzzle. Sometimes I feel like building an engine. So I want to do something like Fields of Arlay, or Arl, however you pronounce it. And that, um, you know, that's all about trying to build that engine. You're not even playing against uh, another opponent. You're just leaving things out to block. And if there's any puzzling going on, it's just you making sure you don't trip over yourself while you're trying to be as efficient as possible. Right. So I think there's a lot of different variety there. Um, 
and I think it'll depend on what people like. People who like puzzly games are going to want to stay away from some kinds of the genre, um, you know, and then people who like to sit down and just, you know, have that puzzly nature. I like both. So yeah. it's, it's, I'm lucky in that fact. There's, there's nothing that puts me out from there. And then there's really big thematic games that are like, you know, the cooperative side usually is like that, but all of your Eldritch Horrors, your Arkham Horrors, um, your Elder Signs, your Arkham Living Card Games, all those things, those are all highly soloable, um, soloable, and... Uh, Whatever you want to call it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they really feel puzzly. They're, that's more like kind of an ongoing adventure style story immersive experience which I find actually plays quite well. It's like an interactive experience where, yeah, you're still working against the clock and everything else, but yeah. it doesn't seem puzzly. It seems more like an open book adventure, which I think is a lot of fun. Do you think that's the, the narrative nature of those? Um, yeah. yeah, I think that the narrative helps for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Eldritch Horror really, and, and Arkham Horror, the third edition, I haven't played the second kind of got into gaming after the second had been released and was sort of out of print. And I, I jumped in with uh, Elder Signs and Elder Tor. But I think just that whole story, the, the yeah. universe behind it and the little snippets there kind of just help you get a feel of like, I'm doing something, you know, cool and interesting in this, this world. Yeah. Um, they're all like nonsensical links to things like, you know, you go into a tavern and you find this guy who is drooling inconsolably over in the corner. You ask him to figure out what's happening and then you roll a dice, you know I mean? So it's, it's, yeah. it doesn't necessarily link together. It's more loose, but I still think it's really fun to do that. And I like playing. I mean, I, I love taking time. And for people who like that adventure side of things, I think that those games, if you can um, maybe try it out, you, you really find that they work real well by yourself. Um, right. Right. For sure. I have a hard time with um, Arkham Horror. Yeah. Why is that? Just because of the theme or because of the uh, mechanics? The mechanics. I, I, I got that long time ago and um, I was, it's, it, it was, it, it didn't feel, I didn't feel like it has a lot of agency. Yes, I can do 10 different things. Nine of those things are going to cause me to lose the game. I have to. Do <laughs> oh yeah, you got to be glutton for punishment if you're going to play those. I mean, yeah. I thought the newer one, Elder Sign, is a really good streamline of mm -hmm. that experience without feeling as forced and without taking so extraordinarily long to feel pushed. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a big Lovecraft fan, so okay. Yeah, the. I, I, the third edition is not nearly as long as I've heard that the second or the first editions were. Um, they're a little bit more streamlined. and uh, But you're still, I mean, you're still going to get pounded. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. You got to be used to that. Yeah, it's I, it just, it feels like, it, 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 it always, it never felt like there was a lot of agency. It always feels like this is, this is absolutely clearly the best course of action. You know, and like you're you're being punished the whole time, but also I just feel like I'm being punished because it's just so um, distinct what yeah. I have to do to be able to win. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely know. There, you're right in the fact it gives you the illusion of choice for sure, yeah. but for the most part, you I mean you narrow your stuff down pretty quick about okay, this is what I'm going to have to do in here is so I'm going to focus if I'm not going to yeah. get it done. And you know the other similar games like that like mansions of madness second edition 
Um, they have the app and everything else. Very yeah. much a similar experience where you have they, in those games, you really have to be focused on not getting distracted by every little thing and looking because the clock is ticking and it's going to run out. And yeah. then they're going to change from a small knife to a big hammer to a forklift dropping on your head over and over again. If you don't hurry up. So, yeah, I can see it for some people and not for others, for sure. Yeah. Um, related to those mechanics, why, why don't you ask your, your other question, Ryan? The, uh, the, the distinction of solo games? Well, the, the, um, how the game is designed. Why don't you ask about that? Oh, uh, do, you, do, you, um, do you feel that there's like um, a distinction for, um, for when they not necessarily shoehorn, but work in rules for solo games for multiplayer games that are adding AIs? Yeah, so here's my thought. Some of them, I sometimes really like a game and I really like playing a solo, but it ends up being a lot of work mm -hmm. um, to get that experience. Classic example of that is probably Trickerion, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like the theme. I like the game. I actually recorded a, a video for my YouTube channel just so that I could remember how to play it later and watch the video because <laughs> I'm like, I can't relearn this game. This is going to be... I'm going to play it three or four times and record how to do this so that I never have to read these, these six rule books again because there are so many little steps. And sometimes I can put up with that and sometimes I can't. So I like, I prefer games, honestly, that are a little bit more multiplayer solitaire when it comes to a solo aspect, unless the bot is done very elegantly. And I'll give, um, I'll give some of those, you know, nods out to the, uh, automas that have been done for games like Scythe and, and Tapestry and um, Viticulture, thinking of some other ones. Um, well, you know, Teotihuacan, Tekanun, um, those are all done pretty well. And then yeah. there's ones, like I said, which are also very competitive, very good, but doing them just requires a lot of additional steps. Like, for instance, a Black Angel. Um, Black Angel is a really fun game. I like it a lot. I did a video on that for my channel just so that I wouldn't have to remember or read, read the rules again. And actually, before I play that again, I have to watch the video because there's no way I could just sit down and just have the AI do its thing, right? So that's one of those things that I, I actually prefer a game like, um, I mean, my favorite way to play a solo game is something like Fields uh, or uh, A Feast for Odin. Because really there, you're kind of self-blocking. The, the yeah. rules for that solo experience are almost non-existent. They're a little paragraph at the end. Here's the changes set up. Here's what you do. Same thing with like Caverna. So a lot of Uwe Rosenberg's games are like that, where you just leave pieces from round to round, and they self-block um, yeah. yeah. and provide a really cool experience. But I will say this. My favorite of all solo games were the ones that you can play a campaign on, so that each game... There's a discovery. There's something else happening. Mm -hmm. um, um, Maracaibo is like that. Mm -hmm. That has a little bit more of an involved. Um, you got to learn a little bit about this and that from the solo standpoint. Not too bad. The deck is pretty easy to do. But the fact that you have a campaign going from step to step um, or from play to play adds some variety, which is a lot of fun. And uh, I'd be remiss to mention, to not mention Cooper Island, which is one of the Heaviest games I've played in recent years from a solo or regular standpoint. Mm -hmm. Very well done from a solo stand standpoint. Easy to execute. Feels great playing it. 
um, and has really just really provided a really good media experience. A lot of crunchy decisions there. Yeah. So I'll check that out. Well, Ryan, I don't know if you know or not, but um, since you've been out uh, of in touch with some of the newer stuff, but yeah, uh, those are both um, capstone games, Maracaibo and Cooper Island, right there in Cincinnati. Um, he's yep. been knocking it out of the park with stuff lately. Oh wow. Uh, no, it, it's really cool what, what uh, Capstone's been up, up to. Um, the, the one kind of crazy thing was he uh, republished um, Bus, which was a splatter originally, and, and made the components slightly nicer, but because they had to pay splatter for the license and the splatter didn't want to um, uh, give him a deal on it, it's still a $90 game and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, Anyway, no, no, no. Cooper Island and Maracaibo are great. Uh, Maracaibo is by uh, Alexander Fister. You know, yeah. uh, spiel a few years ago for um, uh, Isle of Sky, and then since then he's just been doing amazing stuff. Since then, he did a uh, Great Western Trail. Have you played that one, right? Great Western Trail? Yeah. Um, no. Okay. We'll have to we'll have to play that one sometime. Um, <laughs> I played Isle of Sky though with you. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's one of the few auction games I like. So um, with all that, John, do you think that there are any fun solo games? Do you have recommendations for people that are just getting into this that might want to play, play a, a shorter solo game? Sure. I mean, it depends on what you like. The easiest way to dip your toe into a solo game, if you just want to do a quick solo puzzle, mm -hmm. is to go find a roll and write that you enjoy that has a one to four player or one to five player. Like, yeah, there you go. Like cartographers. <laughs> there's yep. even an app on that one now um so yeah, that's a great is. one and and you, another one that's really good is um um welcome to that plays pretty well yeah. the newer solo is a little better it, it requires a little more thinking as far as like in executing it um and uh railroad inc also yeah. real easy easy mm -hmm. to solo very fun so those are some simple puzzles but then what i would do is i'd find a co-op that you're interested in like pandemic or uh, anything like that and try that out solo yeah. um, very easy to play those with two three or four characters the experience is great it's like again it's like a puzzle um, mm -hmm. and so that's what I would start with there now if you like if you want my all-time best recommendations for solo if you really really like um, you know games that have a lot of a lot to learn and explore uh, a Feast for Odin with the uh, Norwegian expansion, top-notch. That, to me, is still my favorite of solo game. Um, I could play it over and over with different different things, trying different tactics. There's just so much to do in that. That's a great sandbox game. Um, I'd also say that Fields of Arl and Caverna. Again, there's a, a Rosenberg theme here, too. <laughs> I like Caverna a little more than Agricola, only because I played Agricola out um, and I think that it's more fun to have all of the buildings at your fingertips so that you're not necessarily hemmed in on a card draw you get. Um, yeah. But those are also great. And then there's a whole bunch of deck builders that you could play too. If you really like to punish yourself, you can go ahead and get, uh, what is it, Dragonfire. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that's, that's, you might as well just be prepared to lose a couple, 10, yeah. <laughs> 15 games in a row. But when you win, wow um that does feel good but uh there's i think there's a lot of things that that you can start with and then what i would say is just take it easy right try things on different ends of the spectrum instead of getting a whole bunch of the same type of game because 
the vast majority of the titles behind me have solo modes, solo variants, or solo right out of the box. Um, there's just so many these days. In the last four years, it has just gone through the roof. Yeah. From yeah. the time, like, when Pandemic came out in 2007, there was only a handful of games that could be played solo. And now I don't even look at a game, almost, unless it's got a solo component. And most every single one of them does. And I think it's really smart, and it's so much fun for guys like me and for the for world the people in the world who likes to play games and can't play with anybody right now. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Um, well, you shared one of your favorite games. I'm going to ask Ryan before we close up for tonight what, what his new favorite game is because it looks like he has one in the background there. Oh, Stellar Elite by Carla yeah. from Weird Giraffe Games. Um, this is a game that I kickstarted, and I just. Uh, it's a little little easy entry 4x game, um, jumping around planets, mining resources, scoring VPs. It is an easy 4x. Yeah, yeah, okay, and okay. it plays like 45 minutes. Okay, yeah. But also, nice. I have I have started playing a. Uh, it's one to four and 20 minutes per player. Stellar leap. Awesome. But I have actually been playing um, Space Vermin from Beyond by uh, Red Manzo, and it's a chit game. Oh. So that's... Box art for that so we can see it. It came in a plastic bag. Okay. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I actually really like chit games. I like to get my readers on Mm -hmm. and my tweezers. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm not currently using tweezers for this one, but in preparation for our conversation tonight, I bought this game two or three years ago and I finally busted it out and I have it sitting up on the table next to me and um, I am still finishing the first game I've been playing for three cool. years. I love it. I love it. It's great. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm okay. awesome. I don't know if I'm winning. Have you played any uh, chit solos, John? You know, the only thing I've done, which is close is some of the, um, what are they called? State of Siege games? Like I've, the, uh, what is that? Um, Dawn of the Zeds. Okay. That was one I played. Infection, sort of like State of Siege. Is that State of Siege? No, that's not. That's a little bit different. Um, that is about the closest I've come. And then I would give, uh, I don't know if it's chit games, but it's pretty close. Some of the GMT stuff, like the coin games. Mm-hmm. Now, oh. if, you, if you want, I love coin games. I love coin games. Um, I wish I could play those with more people because honestly, yeah, that's a solo game and you could do it, but you want to talk about having to learn four different ways to play the game. Yeah. And like, I mean, you spend more time. It regrettably ends up being a bit too much work versus being able to do what you want. Your turn is the easiest. It's like, Oh, no problem. That's what I want to do. And then I got to figure out, okay, flow chart, this, that guy, the card, it got a little better with Gandhi with the Anjuna deck. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I I I do appreciate those kind of games too. Uh, Labyrinth, that's another one that I really like. Um, that's a fantastic game. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I ask my friends if they want to play a coin game, um, they ask me what it is. I explain it, and they tell me no. That's why I'm moving back. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I've I've still never played it with anybody. What? Period. One one time I had half a game with with uh, some folks, and that was it. What, what that, was game? Uh, that was Fire in the Lake. All right, that's the uh, one I really want to play. 
Um, so we're just going to have to drive back up after COVID's over, and Ryan and I will play with you sometime. Yeah. All right. I don't have my fire in Lake anymore. I actually sold it because I replaced it with Gandhi. Um, okay. And I uh, think Gandhi's really good. Really good. Okay. I've heard Cuba Libre is the uh, the good intro one, which I really wanted to try. Yeah. <clears throat> and we were I was supposed to play that, but then I played um, – Oh, I'm not going to be able to remember the name, and it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so never mind. But it was 13 hour long game. Um, in the name of the Queen, I think. Oh, wow. okay. That's a long. That's a long time. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I I, I really love what GMT pushes out. So. <clears throat> yeah, I do too. I appreciate this stuff. And Space Corp. I mean, great for me. I like Space Corp. Love playing that solo too. That's an easy. That's a different type of GMT. I haven't yeah. ever tried that one solo. Okay. I have I have <laughs> Talon. I picked up Talon instead of Space Corp. Now, I never played Talon. I'd like to try it someday and see if I'd like it. I, I like it because I am exceptionally bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In Built-in challenge. Yeah. Well, thank you, John. We really appreciate it. Um, you want to give welcome. a shout-out to your channel? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I publish a lot of things on YouTube, but just under John LaRufa. You just search yep. for it. Um, and, uh, mostly it's focused on solo games, um, playthroughs, unboxings, those types of things. I also put some of my music up there. Uh, just, you know, I write electronic EDM music, so got a little bit of that, but I love, uh, teaching people how to play solo games and giving people kind of a, a window in to say, Hey, is this something that you'd like to do? Um, so I've got, you know, episodes like straight up solo that just talk right about like, is this game good as a solo game? Um, and then I've got some rules, speed throughs, and things to try to get people back to the table. So yeah. feel free to check it out. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, I was looking through, I think that some of your rules speed through, a lot of people are using those and liking those. Um, yeah, like I stopped doing them in fast motion because people couldn't well, keep up. But I saw, I, I, now the, the new ones are just regular speed. But okay. I, I would encourage anybody to just speed right on through because it's all about refreshing you so you can get back to the table as fast as possible. Yep. That is an awesome service. I, I am a firm believer telling people to learn a game, find a YouTube video, open the rule book, watch the YouTube video, reference yep. the rule book. Yep. And thank you for, for doing that. <laughs> from, from it's been my pleasure. It's there. a labor of love. Yeah. Yep. A labor of love. Well, awesome. Thanks again. And yeah, thank you guys. Yep. We'll talk to you both later. All right. Take it easy. All right. See you,